Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The huddle, Mike Max, Pete Nigerian, joined by the one and only Bernie Kukar. Head referee in the NFL for many, many years and worked the Super Bowls, including Tom Brady's final, uh, first Super Bowl uh, that started this whole journey. We'll get into that in just a minute. Uh, Bernie, thank you for joining us this morning. My pleasure, Mike. Always fun. You know what? What is this week like for a referee? We, you know, there's the week off, and then and then and then the Super Bowl. What do you do when you're a referee? When do you get there? What do you? What, what, what's the protocol? Well, usually that the crew is notified. Oh, probably the Tuesday after the championship games. <clears throat> and then it's a matter of starting to set up tra- travel arrangements and those types of things, get in touch with the other crew members and talk about things that they're going to do once they get there. And then usually they're in the the, uh, the game site area on Wednesday of the following week. There's a lot of things that go on in the Super Bowl, a lot of parties that are going on. Con- there's uh, commissioners' conferences and so on. So the officials actually are supposed to be at the commissioners. Uh, I guess it's uh, what do you call those things? Uh, where there's about three thousand different. Uh, <laughs> oh, the media sessions. You mean the big press conferences? Yeah, the media. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. Yeah. There's about three thousand of those guys from all over the world there. So if something pops up relating to some rules or something, the commissioner always wanted the officials there to kind of go through that and then on uh well probably thursday the officials had the party too that in my day they'd had all the family members and the uh members of the officiating group and everybody else from the officiating department that's there out for dinner someplace and that was always fun when we did it in in that super bowl 36 uh that was I think we had something like 150 people there for kind of a nice dinner. And that's on Thursday. And on Friday, you probably start meeting with the media about the way things are going to go. And then uh, you also go up to the stadium and you practice all those things, you know, the the coin toss, the pregames, all those types of things. And then Saturday is devoted normally to with the crew and going through the various different tapes that they have. Usually what they do, they – show all the games from the playoffs if there's any kind of tough plays that showed up and we'd talk about how we would handle those kind of situations and then we start uh, talking about what's going to happen tomorrow when we get into the game and how we're going to handle this that and everything else so it's a it's a full day on saturday and then of course sunday you got to be out there pretty early normally you go out and you check everything in the stadium clocks chains balls you, know, you name it and then we have to meet with all the timers and 
everything to get, go through all this. Everything is done by the television, of course, and it's all two a second, basically. Yeah. So that's kind of what the whole week is like prior to the hmm. game starting. Hey, Bernie, I, I got a quick question. This is Pete Nigerian. Uh, how rigorous was it trying to stay in shape? Obviously, you were in the NFL for a long time as an official, and, and during that yep. period of time, the players just keep getting bigger and keep getting faster and more athletic, and, and I know the referees have to do their very best to be able to at least try to keep up with these guys. What, what sort that's of regiment right. is that for the, for the referees? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I suppose every referee is different. In my own situation, once the season was over, I never really let myself get out of shape. I, I'm still very active in the skiing range, so, of course, the season usually ends on the, on the Super Bowl weekend, and that's usually the first week or so of February, so that leaves February and, and March, which we don't do much NFL-related stuff other than try to stay in shape. And I did a lot of skiing, as I mentioned, but I also did a lot of uh, my own uh, physical training by doing a lot of jogging, those types of things. And then, of course, when spring comes, you got more opportunities for that. And it's a matter of doing the same thing that you probably did to get in shape for the football season, other than running into walls. We never did that. <laughs> <laughs> probably should have because some of those guys are like a wall. <laughs> Bernie, what you know? You, I mentioned Tom Brady's first Super Bowl win. Uh, uh, you were there, and you got you obviously you worked him after that as well. As we reflect on his career, what do you remember about that, and what do you remember about working Tom Brady's games? Well, first of all, I didn't know this, but when the uh, Super Bowl was in Minnesota that time, there I got some guy from the Fox Network out there found out that I actually worked his first start after Drew Bledsoe got hurt. So he was asking about, he asked that, uh, asked a few questions about that. And he said, what do you think? And I said, well, I didn't think anything. I think I said, I knew Bledsoe pretty well. And he was a darn good quarterback. So he got banged in the chest and I think broke up two ribs and so on. And then Brady came in and finished the game. But his next start was the game that I had. That was against Indianapolis. And this guy brought that up to my attention. I even remember that, to be honest with you. And then I saw it uh, last week. They had uh, kind of Brady was doing some kind of a, a I don't know if we'd call it an interview, but they had something that was going on about his career. That game happened to be on there. And I said, yeah, there it is. It was Indianapolis and it was Peyton Manning that uh, was the quarterback and they ended up something. But to answer your question, I just thought I didn't know anything about him. I knew he came out of Michigan. He was a six-round draft choice. And I knew he didn't start there until probably his senior year. And so he was just another backup as far as I was concerned. But then in the Super Bowl, if you recall, I don't maybe you don't recall, but the score was tied, and there was probably about a minute and 30 seconds left, and the, the Patriots got the ball on what their own five- or six-yard line, and they had no timeouts left. And Brady moved them right down the field and got in the field goal range. And uh, then they were, of course, going to kick that field goal with the seven seconds left. And there was a timeout called, and I think it was called by the Rams. But anyway, Adam Vinatieri came up, came out there to kick the football. And we had plenty of time because we were in commercials, and commercials normally take two minutes. So I said to him as he walked out there, I said, Adam, if you miss this, 
Stan Marshall's going to kick your butt. And he said, you know Stan Marshall? I said, yeah, I worked that league for 12 years. I was in North Central Conference at the time, and he came out of South Dakota State. And Stan Marshall was the athletic director at South Dakota State at the time. And he looks at me and said, it's going through. And by goodness gracious, it's going through. That's a great story. <laughs> Bernie, I got to tell you, that's, that's great. Really, that's and, really and, and you know, great. I was just going to say, I was just gonna say what we, made Bert, Bert Brady's career right there. He moved him down, got him in scoring position, yeah. bang, well, the game was over. Yeah. What were you going to say? Absolutely. Be, I was going to say that, you know, we use the expression goat all the time in a positive way, greatest of all time. And right. obviously, we're talking about Tom Brady, so there's one of them. Uh, but you played football for another one. Uh, tell us about your experience a little bit, just uh, off off of being a referee, but being a player with John Gagliardi, how, what was that experience like up at St. John's? <laughs> that was quite an experience. He was about 50 or 60 years ahead of everybody. I don't know if you remember, but he, we never had any live practices. We never banged into anybody until Saturday. And he always was under the impression that why do I want to kill off my players during the week? We can wait until Saturday to do that kind of stuff. So, the practices were very long and very deep. He was a very detail-oriented guy. And back in the day, he only had one other assistant, and that was the that was the basketball coach, Ed Hasbrook. So we would have, like, four teams on offense and defense, and John would stand right in the middle. And then he'd have Team A go off to the left, and Team B go off to the center, and Team C go off to the right side, and Team D go off to the bottom. And he would look, he'd have all his plays on little three-by-five cards, and he'd have all these teams run that same play, and if none of them worked, he'd just look at that thing and tear it up and say, well, that damn thing didn't work. He'd throw that away. <laughs> <laughs> but he had, he had an amazing ability to get what he needed to get out of these players. And my, most of the guys that went to St. John's, and probably still true today, they're, most of them are coming right from that central Minnesota area, right around mm-hmm. where St. John's sure. is located. And they're not re- really that well-known in high school, but he certainly knew what he wanted. And well, most of them did show up at St. John's back in the day, but he was a very detailed-oriented guy. During the football season, he was all football. But during the offseason, he was really a funny guy, too. He, would go, he did a lot of speaking engagements, and he'd always tell stories about he came from uh, southern Colorado, Trinidad, I think it was called, where there were a lot of Mexicans down there. And he always had a whole lot of Mexican jokes at the time. He was hilarious. Well, Bernie, That's we fun. appreciate it very much, and thank you for sharing some uh, Super Bowl memories with us. Okay, my pleasure. It's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. You bet, Bernie Thanks, Kukar, Bernie. The one, the one and only Bernie Kukar. Uh, we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.